everybody, and welcome back to The Luck We Had, a shameless recap podcast. A mini-sode. The mini-sode from season 11, episode 7. I didn't even look up what the name is. I forget what the name is. It's called Two in the Biker Bar, One in the Lake. Great. Host Amanda, host Evan, special returning guest Lena, who's basically the third host by this point. Welcome, everybody. Welcome back. Hi. <laughs> Hello. Welcome back, everybody. I'm busting through that because this episode was so good. I'm like bursting at the seams, ready to talk about it. So good. Let's get into it. Let's get motherfucking into it. And you know how we always break it down by person? I feel like in this episode, let's first, though, discuss the incredible opening scene. Oh my god. Fed well. Oh my god. Literally. But also it was like, I remember Emma posting and being like, oh, seven and a half page scene. I think they got it done in what, like five hours? Yeah. Which was like incredible. That means they were like hitting every single take because it takes so much time to like set up shit again. So it's like, damn, they really like banged that one out. Yeah. My favorite part of that scene was them all just yelling over each other. And I was trying to catch what everybody's conversation (laughs) was like flying in. It was so hard. I, I know. I picked up bits and pieces. Like I know- um debbie and lip were both trying to convince carl like he was like sick bachelor pad and then debbie was like oh you have to clean it yourself like blah 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 and carl's like could i get a maid and then i know ian and mickey mickey was like debbie's right and ian was like well why so you haven't been fucking her for the last 10 years (laughs) and then i know mickey was like if lip told you to eat a cat shit off of a hot steam pipe in the middle of july you would and he was like shut the and then just like jeremy jeremy was <laughs> so good his, in the scene he put his head down on the table and he was just okay 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 <laughs> everybody shut the fuck up please <laughs> and the whole mickey i just and i love too that ian was being like the bitchy little husband to Mickey and they're like sniping back and forth at each other. But the minute Lip is like, Mickey, this is just for family. Ian's like, Mickey is fucking family. What are you talking about? Well, and then Debbie was like, yeah, they're married. Like, yeah. But it's also like, uh, but Tammy has a kid with Lip. Yeah, there's literally so a baby like, Gallagher and they're like, she's not part of the family. I'm like, she's a baby mama to a Gallagher at this point. She's as much part no, of the family. No, but I love that. I love Debbie throwing that back at him, though, that he's like, Mickey, is it family? He's like, but Tammy's family. I'm like, yeah, and she's just your baby mama. They are married. Like, they are, you are all equally family. Yeah, I mean, it is also like Mickey has been around for way Oh, yeah. Harder. Tammy showed way up in season. For way harder stuff. So it's like, okay, yes, Mickey earned his seat at the table. Exactly. Mickey been here since season, in your house since season four. Mickey been here. Mickey's tried to save that house for them. So this man should get a say. Yeah, it's like. Like, uh, okay. Okay. He lives there? In the middle of the worst thing Mickey had ever experienced, he stepped up and tried to defend your house against the man who was trying to steal it from you. Oh my god, I totally fucking forgot about that, because that was just, like, a really weird one-off scene, but it was like, okay, the chain, the chain he was wearing. I forget the uncle, whatever the uncle was, he went in with- Patrick. Yeah, Patrick. But then the wife came out and had a shotgun and was like, get the fuck out. Okay, 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 okay. Okay, 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 okay. It was okay. so good. It was such sibling. It was so family. Just like yelling over each other to get your point through. But you know who wasn't there was Liam. Oh my god. And they didn't even notice until the end. Until they were like, okay, oh, yeah. Liam, what's your decision? And then they were like, where is he? And that's a great way to get into Liam's storyline, well, too. Well, okay, so from the looks of it, like when when the when Amy and Gemma opened up the closet door and he was sitting in Kevin V's closet, it looks like he's been there for a couple days. Yeah, I think he was there since last night when the fight. Started. Oh yeah, probably. Yeah, but it's like, oh my god, this poor little boy. Also, Amy and Gemma helping him out—that was so cute. That was silly. <laughs> 
They're like here. They left him. They gave him like the their toasted day. jam. Yeah, they they gave him her, their breakfast, and it's like they're like, okay, there's your food for the whole day, bestie. <laughs> I love that for the, and I love that Liam knew the second that the fight broke out at home. He's like, oh, I'm gonna go over to the only responsible adults that I know. I'm gonna go over to Kevin V's house. Well, probably, and, literally, can you take me in, please? Yeah, he's also like, they were fighting about selling the house, and he probably was like, who am I gonna live with? And nobody stepped up. Literally. And nobody probably was like, oh, you can come live with, the, like, Liam will come live with us. Like, that just did not happen. So he was probably like, oh my god, I'm about to get abandoned. <laughs> yeah, he literally even says, he was like, I don't want to be homeless. He was like, I'm gonna be homeless, can I live with you, please? And like, uh, I love V so much, and like, with that poor little boy. <laughs> I love V, the first thing she said to him in that situation, she's like, okay, so we're gonna talk about why a young black man can't just break into someone's home. So we're gonna have that conversation. <laughs> um i guess well v and liam were like really intertwined so i guess i'm gonna like kind of slip something in about that that. yeah Mm -hmm. so the whole carol moving to louisville storyline happened uh or like got introduced but it's just like really interesting to juxtapose those because it's like v is trying to convince liam the whole time that like change is okay and like make your voice heard and stuff and then carol's sitting there like we're i'm moving to louisville and she's like looking at liam like okay, I have to be like a good role model for him right now because I'm pre- I'm telling him that change is okay. But like, she's like, I don't want my mom to move away. Yeah. The fact that she has only seen Carol twice that year and they live eight blocks apart. Are you serious? That blew my mind. She was like, we only seen each other twice in the last year and we live eight blocks away from each other. It, it's a, I mean, also it, in the middle of a panorama. Okay. In the middle of a ponderosa. That's valid. But, but everyone else in the show doesn't give a shit about this pentatonics like we're done <laughs> yeah upon a replay about this peppy like pew like nobody give a shit <laughs> so it's like but it's also like that is her fucking mom like yeah and it's like the mom used to be around like like carol like for what we saw of her on screen used to be around like all the time yeah and she's been around since season one like yeah. she's been around i think like another thing that like is a bit shocking to me too is like how adamant Kev was about being in Dominic's life when that whole thing was a storyline. And the fact that Kev doesn't, even though like, I know Carol had her issues with uh, having the baby on her own and still wanting to keep the baby. That baby got there. He still has Kev's his father still. And that means Kev hasn't been seeing Dominic or interacting with him either. Like not throwing shade at Kevin, but it just shows that like, yeah, they, for, they, it's not saying that the characters forgot. It's the writers forgot that. Well, fucking, the writers. Forgot. I mean, I yeah. hate to be like, like reading too much into it they probably haven't told dominic who his dad is that yeah and oh true i didn't think about that because how old are they how old are they all supposed to be right now like amy and Jonah, what they're like eight yeah eight like or that. Nine. Eight. so dominic's is like a yeah seven eight and then dominic's like a couple months older than them or yeah like a year older. so it's just like well because amy and Gemma are in kindergarten so maybe they're like six but it's like oh shit joe I don't know. Like, it's just, it confuses me. I And then the whole, like, a lot in, like, I, they adopted some kid in, like, season nine f- for a couple months. Um, and Kev was like, oh, my God, I'm finally going to have a son. Mm-hmm. And then I think Tommy had to be like, you already have a, like, either Tommy was like, oh, you already have a son. Or maybe he didn't even say that. He was like, he was like, you have two daughters. Like, I don't know. But, um. But the, the V storyline, though, like. She's teaching Liam that it's okay for change and also stand up for yourself. And then her mom is pulling the whole same thing on her. But then also the whole no black voter showed up to vote for 
the initiative that she wanted to and she's being crushed by the reality of gentrification like pushing in on the south side and like knowing where it's going now like it's a really nice setup for for them getting the fuck out of the south side i think especially because she like emphasized the whole idea of like the how they have a community in louisville and it's like it just like makes me wonder like i don't know because it's like fiona's gone who do they hang out with really yeah i feel like go to the bar and back you know what i feel like especially given like the frank hall of shame um where it was like tommy and kermit were locking up the bar on their own what if they give the alibi to them Huh. They totally would. They totally, they totally would. would. Especially because I, I know, I know that Jim and Patrick are filming on the finale. They're filming for five days, so it's like they're going to be a big part of the finale. Yeah, they were in the finale, like a uh, video call table read too. Yeah, that and that's then, like handing over Cheers to Norm. I love that. I love that concept. Jim Hoffmaster, who plays Kermit, um, is, is has a TikTok now. Oh, <gasps> I didn't know that. Yeah, he does. <laughs> <laughs> he came up on my for you page and i was like what the fuck oh my god he should be on cameo we you know what if we find any of the shameless people we should get them to do a cameo to introduce <laughs> our podcast yes <laughs> well you can see i think i think patrick mcgill is on there but um he was like yeah this is day two of five like filming the finale for him i think everybody else is probably gonna go closer like seven or eight days but i'm just like Hmm. I mean, like, Tommy and Kermit are Shameless's answer to, like, Norman Cliff from Cheers. Like, that's who those dudes are. Mm-hmm. So handing the alibi over to them totally makes it sense. It makes sense. I would completely buy that. And they've that. been stepping up more. Like, I don't know. It's just, like... Because, like, even Tommy stepping in and helping Kev with, like, the issue in today, uh, like, this past episode or whatever. It's, like, they're, they're getting more involved with people's storylines than, than just being, like, the bar kind of, like, comic The bar flies. Yeah. Yeah. Why are we're talking a lot about comedy? But they're ter- interesting. And plus, it's <laughs> but like it's interesting. Kevin, do you trust and- them enough to let them lock up the bar? Like they obviously know enough about how to run it. And I mean, yeah, Tommy just Tommy just oversees construction, so it's like he could honestly just be like, "Okay, I'm doing bar now. Um, I do bar now." Kev's story. I would line. also accept them handing it to Ian and Mickey because Kev and Mickey have worked together in the past too, and like I would accept that. But no, I think they but really. I don't, see them, I, I don't see them doing that. I think they really like their little arm transport thing that they're that they've been doing, and also it's like I, I hate to say it. I feel like they would be like, um, we're bored. Yeah. <laughs> we're bored. Yeah. Don't even we're care. Bored. But yeah, getting into the getting into the Kev of it all. I feel like this, I texted in the group chat during this, this Kev episode was Steve Howe going, hey, remember I was on Sons of Anarchy? Like that was, that was the whole vibe I got from this. Hey guys, do you remember I can ride a motorcycle? Yeah, Steve was like, (laughs) well, I really like motorcycles. And so the writers were like, okay, your character now really likes motorcycles. We just Literally, (laughs) literally. They go, this one's for you, Steve. They're writing for him. And that is about, that is about long-term partnership. (laughs) In in terms of like how intrigued I was, I I was kind of I got a I was kind of frustrated and had secondhand embarrassment for this entire Kev storyline. Also, the one thing is making Miss me pissed off. How many times did him and Lip miss each other's phone calls? They right? called each other so many goddamn times that they Kev. If get- you need to move the bikes, call Lip and tell him you are moving them. That was all he needed to do. Yep. Leave a voicemail. They were supposed to run them to Indiana that day. Honestly, okay. And like when he got pulled over and the cop was like, I want to buy this bike. He totally could just been like, oh my God, we already promised it to another buyer. Sorry. Like, and she would have just been like, understandable. Have a nice day. Actually, she probably would have been like, I will offer you more money 
and he would just be like, oh, well, let me talk it over with, like, my business partner, and then just never gone back to her. Yeah, because even, even, uh, Lip's brother-in-law was like, how much was she offering? And Lip was the one that's like, hi, it's a cop and a stolen bike, maybe don't, but, like, still. I couldn't, I couldn't interpret from that scene if the cop generally was interested, or is the cop just playing nice to find out because she noticed that there was a robbery at a bike place recently. I think the cop knew it was stolen, but wanted to buy the bike. Hmm. Okay. Like Southside vibe still. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, and also getting into like the cops at the end. So I guess this is like we'll transition into lip probably. Yeah. Let's not talk about the very end until we get to the very end because I feel like there's a yeah. lot that happens in that last like five minutes. The last like not even twenty minutes, like ten minutes. Because I I was texting you guys and I was like, I feel like not like a lot happened, but not much like happened. Was done. Was yeah. like yeah. was like very impactful. But then the last ten minutes happened. and I was like, oh, okay, we're getting something yeah. here. But speaking of cops and storylines that aren't impactful, um, Carl, I hated every moment of this. I'm, j- I just feel bad now. I just feel bad now. Like I, he's going through it. He's going through it. <laughs> Cause it's like I wish they would have just stuck with he was raped instead of turning it to what it was. But but also it's like they kind of imply that Tish was lying. But also it's like I don't think we're ever gonna. I don't think we see her again in any upcoming Mm -hmm. episodes but it's like for him to be like oh my god i'm freaking out like she had sex with me without a condom when i told her that i wanted to put one on she leg locked me and so i like didn't pull out and it's like and she was like oh well i'm on the pill and i have a latex allergy why didn't you say something yeah that's the whole thing is that there was no communication it made it seem like she was forcing it and like she could have been like hey i don't want to use a condom i have an allergic reaction and also, Queen, the pill doesn't work every single time when yeah. you fuck. And it doesn't prevent against STDs either. Like, and within all of that, too, when Carl was freaking out about it, the com- Mickey throwing in the comment, you weren't just, like, scratched an itch in my brain. I was like, yeah, because he knows what it's actually like when that happens to you. And you guys need to discuss your situations. <sighs> the thing that Shameless does where they, like, they can't wrap up other characters' storylines, so they put them into new characters, like... Like Tammy being like, uh, I was groomed, and then, and then so mm-hmm. they wrap it up with the other characters instead of the ones where it like initially happened, like Mickey being raped, and then like having a child he doesn't want. Oh yeah, 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 having a child he doesn't want, and they're doing that with Sandy, and it's like, mm-hmm. it's like obviously Mickey's situation was a little bit different than Sandy's, but it was like because she was younger and stuff, but like. But she said she came to that guy already pregnant, and, like, who's to say Terry didn't do that, too? Right, it's like, who's the dad? Oh, I didn't hear that. I, I thought, so, um, Royal isn't the father, or he is? No, 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 she said I was 15 and pregnant, and then taken in by a 30-year-old who sells phones. Ah, uh, okay, okay. I interpret it as in, like... Maybe she wasn't, like, super visibly pregnant yet, and she convinced him it was his, and that's why he takes care of the kid. Well, oh, it does true, look... True, true. Well, they do have very similar mannerisms, but that's mainly just, like... Yeah, they literally made that kid look exactly like Oh my god, when he first got out of the car, I don't know, like, if you guys will totally get this, like, maybe you'll have to Google this guy, but literally, Royal got out of the car, and I was like, is that Will Toledo from Car Seat Headrest? (laughs) Stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. (laughs) Oh wait, I just Googled him. Oh yeah, that does look like Literally, I was like, is that Will Toledo? Like, that whole... Yeah, this is a nice transition of the Debbie storyline. I want to punch Debbie in the face. 
My favorite thing about the family morning scene is, no, we don't all hate each other. We just all hate Debbie. That, correct. that line. Well, yeah. And then there's like, Debbie's a selfish brat. And then Sandy being like, you are literally psycho. <laughs> she is. She is. But it's also like, I do like that they got, okay, there was a really nice piece of like, symbolism that they did i also want to give a shout out to so the director of this episode is uh satya baba who yeah uh also played matthew patel in scott pilgrim yeah and oh, yeah, yeah yeah and also um shiv rang in new girl cc's love interest for a while that she almost married he's cool but yeah he directed this episode so when debbie and sandy are having their fight and sandy is like you think I'm Which your fight? like <laughs> the, the one, one at the end, room? the big one at the end when because okay. Debbie's like I want to get custody of Prince, and oh my god, Royal and Prince, unbelievable. First of all, second of all, um, <laughs> and her being like I ran out because I was 15, like I was in an uncomfortable situation, and them turning it into like you think I'm Monica, like you're pushing your abandonment issues on me because, and she like corners her and debbie sits on franny's bed a child's bed and has to confront her childhood abandonment issues i was like oh my god and she just leaves her sitting there because she's like monica ran out on you and i wish she would have been like fiona ran out on you but it's like it's like Mm -hmm. monica ran out on you and now the rest of them want to do it too and 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 debbie's like no they don't they just want to like sell the house and get the money and like the the chills the way that Sandy didn't even blow up in her face or anything, she just leaned in and said, are you sure? That hurt. That was ice cold. Because, like, yeah, Monica ran out on her when she was a child, which is, like, triggering the mother running out on their child thing. And then Fiona ran out on her and left her with all of this responsibility that she already felt with Franny. That, but Fiona was, like, surrogate mother. Exactly. And then she's, like, tied down by franny and it's like she spends the whole episode being like oh i don't regret having franny i'm not tied down by franny but literally like saying shit to franny being like and then just being like oh no offense franny it's like you are being a shitty mom right now debbie (laughs) and tammy calling her out for it nice mothering debbie (laughs) i was in that family scene in the beginning i was team tammy all the way i was like no you're right she's sexy she's correct She's a MILF. She's a, she it. is literally a MILF. I'm literally <laughs> a MILF. <laughs> love her. I love her. Oh, but yeah, Debbie has serious abandonment issues and projecting it onto Sandy is a whole thing. San- By the way, Elise was fucking killing it this week. Like the Sandy was bringing it. Oh, Elise is great. Mm-hmm. And I'm sad that next week is the last time we're going to see her because I feel like she's just going to cut it, cut and run again, probably. Because it is a deal breaker. It is very much a deal breaker thing. She's like, if you're going to be living with me, we're going to take care of your kid. And it's like, she's like, I can't fucking do this. Like, okay, then I guess I'm not living with you. She was not expecting her to say that. Where she was like, okay, I guess I'm not living with you. Yeah, I guess I'm not living with you. Like, I, and I love that even even Prince was like, "Hi, yeah, I don't want to be here. I would, I would not like to live here." Yeah, Prince doesn't give a shit. No, thank you. <laughs> when he called the house a shithole, I was like, "Yes." <laughs> He's like, "It's gross." <laughs> He's like, "I actually don't want to get to know my mom. If that's fine, I'm cool. Just like hanging out here for the day." Although he had his arm around Franny at one point, and Stop it was adorable. Put- I think it was because he was trying to comfort, like, because obviously it's like, oh, what if they're like little kids, like you know, where they like little kid 
romance and everyone's like, oh, but I feel like it was really just No, I just took that, it as him comforting I, her. That's what I took it as too. I was like, oh my God, he's comforting her. <laughs> Crying. The lesbian's moms are fighting again. It was so cute. Quick question. Do you guys think Lip is still drinking? Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. But before we get into that, wait, hold on. I want to jump to Frank and then let's dive into Lip. Okay. Okay. Frank. Frank. Guys, I was emotional. <laughs> my heart be hurting. My heart be hurting. I was so sad. Well, this is where my beef with Shameless comes, actually. So is I told this what Amanda. You, your text was Yeah, I too? told Amanda that I was beefing with this episode. My beef with Shameless. And this is why this episode felt like, like, not, like, it was good, but it was like, it wasn't that good to me. That's, I feel like the opening scene, like, had like it set it up for what the episode should have been like the entire time but it was just kind of like all parted ways throughout the episode well also it's like the way that shameless does stuff now is they don't have like any long scenes it's just like quick quick like little 30 second they were jumping all over the place and it's like i'm getting whipped that's why i enjoyed like earlier seasons because a lot of their scenes were like set in one location for like a while or it was just in the house in different rooms but like instead of it being in 14 different locations frank well i just said i mean like he was walking around for like hours can you imagine how exhausting that is oh my Mm -hmm. god he was walking through the streets for hours and then first of all call out to fiona cinematographer cinema Mm -hmm. like i was like that was the cherry on top but my beef with Shameless is that it doesn't feel as melancholy anymore. Because it's like William H. Macy is fucking bringing it, right? He's bringing the it. The camera work is working for them. But it's like everything from the coloring of the scene to the music choice does not bring that sense of like sorrow for me. And that makes me, that pisses me off because I'm like, okay, I'm supposed to feel like really upset right now. But then it's like that Frank, like walking down crying and it's like fun little rock music playing in the background. Like, no, I want sad music. That is what really pisses me off there. Especially because their music choices used to be so good that it really added like everything. Like the music used to make the scene for me. Now it's totally working against it. In every, it's like they're trying to hang on to the crazy, wacky Frank yeah, antic Yeah, in every feeling. single possible way, it is working against it. And it pisses me off. And I am beefing with Shameless. And that's why I'm like, this episode could have been so good. Because everybody's having these, like, like you know, tumultuous times. With the exception of Ian and Mickey. Like, we'll get into that. But it's like, they everybody vibe. is having these tumultuous times. And the music and the coloring is working against them in every possible way pissing me off beefing i am beefing with shameless maybe it's because they're trying to hang on to that sense of just like frank is trying to hang on to it maybe they're also trying to hang on to it and when the family discovers what's going on with him it will go in the correct direction with coloring and music but maybe it's that it's it's debbie's scenes too like it's just like like the scene at the end with sandy there was no like there was no like really just like poignant moment where I was like, oh my God, this is really sad. I was like, I know this is sad. My brain is telling me this is sad, but I'm like, I'm not in it. I'm not feeling it. Clinging yeah. to that comedy title. Exactly. And it's like, like we can beefing. use reference to like, let me say, uh, season, season four. three, 
I'm yeah, season three, season four. Like the first thing that came into my mind is that one scene with Ian and Mickey when they are in uh like in that abandoned house area when Mickey beats the shit out of Ian when he was like, You love me. The coloring, yeah. the music, like how dark and gloomy it like it makes you involved. It like made me feel the emotion. Season three made that switch really nicely from like literally from the first half to the second half of being like a fun, playful summer season, and then it's like, okay, it's really like melancholy now mm-hmm. oh yeah evan specifically i remember every scene that involved ian and mickey from that scene in 306 on did feel like all the color was drained out of the yeah, room it seems darker and it's like where is that energy for frank exactly where is that energy for debbie it's like everything is so like the contrast is up and it's not even as if you could be like oh well it's a summer season so like the colors it's like no season six they had like kind of like a little like gloomy coloring and then it's season like four they're outside the entire time and they still were able to put coloring over nice of that it's fall in the show at this point why is it so orange all the time shameless be like either our show is piss yellow or frozen blue <laughs> and it's like, like i yeah. get it because they're filming on like a they have to film on a lot instead of actually being able to be at like the outside exterior but hey y'all editor's room you you can you can you can fix that. <laughs> that's that's what you do in the editing room. And you have reference for what Chicago looks like at this time of right. year in your hard drive. And it's like cuz it's it's like November in the show right now cuz people are like wearing jackets but it's not like really cold. But I'm just like where is the energy of like the sorrow? You're like where did it yeah, go? Yeah, like especially We are so close to the end. We're so close to the end that I'm like, and these are really, really like some of the heaviest storylines that they're doing. Like, you know, fucking dementia. Frank is like, I'm dying. He's like, I'm gonna die. And it's like, where where is that sorrow for me? I want it. Yeah. I want it back. Like, I I, I especially wanna like revert back to um one of Frank's scenes where he's at a bar and he's ordering drinks and he realizes he's not at the alibi and like the the lighting in that could have been so much better he was just in some dinky bar they could have definitely done more with that scene alone because he's like i ordered five beers and i didn't drink any of them like right and then he gets he gets like he gets thrown out and it's like the middle of the day like bright and sunny and like a cheery and it's like no guys you can, cause like their film, cause like make it look overcast, make it look like the clouds are coming filming over. on a lot. They could literally manipulate the weather. <laughs> literally, they've been using a green screen for every other exterior, like a background thing. Green screen. That what do you, you edit the coloring for the green screen? Literally, just desaturate it. Just take the. This is why I'm beefing with Shameless, and it's like this episode could have been really good otherwise. I could edit. And fuck with the filters better on iMovie on my iPhone than in the editor's room. <laughs> and it's like, it's like, because now all I'm, all I'm remembering from this episode, because the sad parts didn't feel as impactful for me, all I'm remembering from this episode is the happy, like, Ian and Mickey storyline. And it's like, okay, great. Mm-hmm. I love it. But it's like, I am really, like, craving this sadness here. I feel like that, I feel and like that's- And that's why I'm beefing. <laughs> that, I feel like that's really important is because, like- we were the reason we all enjoy this show so much is because we were invested in the happy lucky go Ian and Mickey storyline but I feel like if they were able to take the sad storylines and just umph them one more bit we would have been more invested and more drawn in 
It would have been like a really nice contrast too. It would have been, yeah, it would have bounced back and forth with each because other. Because then Ian and Mickey allow for like a little bit of like comic relief, like relax for the audience. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, like I was like, I was chill the whole time. I was just like, yeah, okay, sure. The only time I kind of was like the most, I had the most secondhand embarrassment, uncomfortableness of this whole episode is watching fucking Kevin ride that bike into the water. That's the one thing I got so mad about in this Um, entire episode. (laughs) Mine was when Carl like had a moment in front of the kids and he was in the squirrel suit. Oh, in the squirrel suit. Oh my God. Oh, those poor kids. First of all, first of all, like the high voice that he had to do was really funny. It was so bad. Also, I hated the shot they did with the flicking right all up in his face. Oh my God, it's like right in his face. I was like, Suck your baba, please. <laughs> but if we want to talk about the sadness in the episode, let's get into the lip of it all. Because yes. Lip is fucking spinning his wheels, spinning his wheels. And Jeremy Allen White every damn week. Hilling it. Kev is fucking it up. And Tammy is putting pressure on him. And the family is not... Oh, somebody also pointed out that when Debbie was on the phone trying to convince Liam to sell the house, she said she was doing his favorite she was making his favorite meal and then when lip was on the phone it was a different meal so debbie said tuna like a tuna casserole like a tuna helper and then lips with beef stroganoff or something yeah so it's like what's the truth but the lip the lip storyline not only yeah like they showed him throwing something in the trash outside the amazon warehouse i'm i'm pretty sure it's a beer so that when tammy said are you still drinking and he said he exploded no i'm like that's because he's still drinking well, yeah, for sure. Watching him freak out and, like, kick or punch the wall and then take the sledgehammer and then go right over to the Gallagher's house. Oh, man, that boy is drinking. It also gave me big Frank is sober, knocks a hole in the wall energy. Yes, like, that's when what he, I got when he looked through the wall, it was like a draw. It was like a parallel back to season one when Frank had quit drinking. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because him and Carl were trying to do renovations. Yeah, because yep. Frank was like, I'm all hopped up because I'm not drinking at all. And Lip is like, I'm hopped up because I am drinking. So, uh, Amanda, you said that you believe there was beer in like that soda can he threw outside the Amazon warehouse. Was it a soda can or it was, was a, it a beer it can? Was a, it was a red can. I know that for sure. It was like an all red can. But Shameless uses only like old style because I'm pretty sure they have a, they have like a sponsorship with old style so like that would be like silver it's like a red can but it's like why would he be drinking soda in the middle of the day like out 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 like out and out and about out in public it's like that doesn't seem like a very lip thing to do to just like he lost the bikes i'm assuming he went to where kev dropped the bikes and they weren't there anymore yeah that's that's what what i got because it's a biker bar right so he probably just like picked up a beer while he was there i thought that scene was like him standing outside of the like bar and then i realized it was like the amazon warehouse or whatever so he probably came from there realizing the bikes aren't there because i think it, it from what it seems like is when tommy rode the bike down and crashed into the other ones those bikers probably were like who the fuck's bikes are these and they either stole them or they scrapped them or they broke them or something like that i feel like that might have been like shameless being like did you see that Uh, because we saw that (laughs) because we saw that and we did it on purpose but you might might have not uh jeremy allen white amazing every single damn time because he already lied to her he already told her, like, we hit a meeting because Brad needed a meeting. Did Brad need a meeting? 
yeah, I guess I needed a meeting too. But like, he didn't tell her that they broke their sobriety. Mm-mm. They probably didn't even think- hit a meeting. That was when he was lying to her about stealing the bikes. Stealing she the was bikes. like, she was like, where'd you go? And he was like, oh, Brad needed a meeting. It's like, no, they were out stealing the bikes. Neither of them went to a meeting. I wonder. They don't communicate. All Lip does is lie to Tammy. And uh, they don't have any communication in their relationship. You know who does have good communication? Finally. Yeah. But it's like, (laughs) Tammy, hold on. Because I know we're going to get stuck on this and we're going to talk about it forever. But it's like, Lip lies to Tammy because he knows that Tammy will not put up with any shit. Literally, he was fucking around with the house last season and she was straight up like, okay, I'm leaving you. Like, she has no hesitation. She's like, I am doing what is best for my child. She has no fucking hesitation. She has no patience for scams and all this Exactly. She's like, if you cannot handle being a dad and being stable and being legal, I am fucking out. Goodbye. Yeah, she literally was like, how about you get a job instead of trying to scam your way to get all of our money? And Lip's like, what are you talking about? Literally, she was like, I would rather you flip burgers and deliver packages than steal stuff. I mean, like, selling the house is a good plan to get, like, a large chunk of money really quickly. But yeah, I, I do agree with her. But I also agree, I hate agreeing with Debbie, but I also agree with Debbie. She's like, did fucking Tammy put you up to this? I do agree with Debbie in that, like, it's like, yes, selling the house is a good idea and, like, benefits everybody but it's like it also is going to hurt them to split up so much they are so dependent on each other and it's like at this point like like they it's also just like the fact that like you know i I would love for them to just like have a house to go back to a fallback you know like because it's like they own the house so it's like you know somebody falls on hard times oh move back into the house you know it's just like I just, I, I'm, I know that they're going to end up selling the house, which really sucks, but it's, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I do agree with Debbie that I don't think they should. Yeah. I, yeah, we hate agreeing with Debbie. Agreeing with Debbie is never the move, but yeah. But I don't think they should. (laughs) Yeah. Ian can't decide if he agrees with Debbie. He can't decide what he thinks. I he can make no decisions. They were bullying this poor boy. Like, I'm sorry. He, Lip has been his guide forever. And the only man he looked up to. And realistically, a father figure to Ian. And I really hated how they kept on being like, oh, did you do this because Lip did that? Oh, Lip did this, so you said that. And I'm like, Ian had no one else. I like the way that Mickey was doing it, though. Oh, no, Mickey was fine. Mickey was fine. Mickey was fine. Debbie was a bitch. When they were in the bedroom, he was like, I was just giving you shit. Like, I wasn't, like, being for real. And he's like, you dared me he's to like, sell- He's like, I'm over here looking at yeah, apartments. Yeah, he's like, he's like, I'm literally looking at apartments right now. And he's like, he's like, you just dared me not to sell the house. And he's like, I know. I was fucking with you. Like, <laughs> it's what I do. You dared me not to. Are you nine? What? Literally, it's like, come on, Ian. I thought you said you were your own man. What I will not accept from these writers is Mickey, I'd like my ass eaten Mick Milkovich being taken out of the narrative. What do you mean he doesn't like, like getting his ass licked? What do you mean he doesn't like rimming? <laughs> I'm sorry, what? What? They just keep on trying to be like, Mickey's gay, but he's not gay. Mickey Benoit beads Milkovich. Mickey, a little nipple pinching, maybe some ass eating Milkovich. Doesn't like rimming? Are you kidding me? I cannot believe that they did that. That's the fakest shit I ever did here. It's like, because they were like, we don't even have, like, I don't know. It was just weird. I guess they were like, we can't think of literally any other sex thing that gay men do. Yeah. With each other. That, that. Although I think a gay man wrote this episode. So why 
why with the rimming? Well, okay, I do have beef with, I don't have beef with um the them being like, okay, we can hook up with other people as long as we're doing it together. I'd like that for them. And I know you're going to want to talk about that. But I do have a problem with Shameless being like, oh, all gay men love orgies. Wait, 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 wait. So my theory with this is it's a Showtime show too. My theory with this is someone in the writer's room watched Queer as Folk the weekend before they wrote this and went, oh, right. Ian and Mickey can have fun sometimes and like decided to channel some of that season three Brian and Justin energy from Queer as Folk where they were like having a healthy open relationship with each other and like playing around but still being a loving beautiful couple and they pulled that into Ian and Mickey maybe it's because I attached myself to Brian and Justin when they were the first piece of queer media I ever found and watched the whole series on YouTube when I was 13 but like that was the vibe I was getting from this like it's such a great way to to because, like, yeah, they've had ups and downs in their relationship and they've, there's been cheating and there's been miscommunication and there's been this and that and the other thing. But they're also mm-hmm. both, like, in their 20s, young guys. Yeah, they're married and they they love each other and everything. But, like, they're young and maybe they want to fuck around sometimes, but they found a way to do it in a healthy way for their well, relationship. Well, yeah, because they were literally, like, we only do it if we're doing it together. Also, they only mentioned, like, they only mentioned, like, hand jobs and then it was, like, orgy it was like okay so we can kind of safely assume that they didn't like fuck like like anal oh other i've people. decided they have a we only kiss each other rule i'm applying oh 100 percent probably oh yeah oh yeah. Um, yeah but it's just like hmm, interesting but yeah i just like the whole the whole stereotype yeah the one thing that was weird to me is that like they like the whole monogamy conversation from like the beginning of the um uh the the season and stuff like that but then them both like to each other they're like oh uh, if i'm alone who knows what could happen oh i guess you have to come with me but that was them so clearly fucking with each other yeah like Like just like (laughs) bullying each other i know but i was just like you i was like i hate you guys but it's also it's also such a beautiful moment for the evolution of mickey because he went from everything that we knew him about him deep 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 in the closet fear of being violated and like everything was horrible to even when he and ian were a thing but then ian was in a spiral he went to like in the dark in a park to seek out another man and he only did it and like it was all in the dead of night and in secret and this oh, one he's yeah. like and yeah. now he's like uh two guys are drinking off in the steam room do you want to go in let's there let's go make friends with the guys in the that steam was, room that was the cutest thing in the entire world the how fast he ran in there he ripped that shirt off he was like taking a piss and then he probably saw them and he was like oh my god i have to go run until ian <laughs> let me go tell my husband and then let's go back I loved it. Yeah, I mean, it is just, like, the weird stereotype of, like, anytime gay men hang out, they all end up having sex with each or, other. Or, like, it's gay like... relationships aren't real because they all just fuck each other anyway, and stuff like that. No, but I, I also like that, though, they put in this, they're like, well, if we fuck them, we can't be their friends, and if they're our friends, True. we're not gonna fuck them. And I like True. that. I mean, it does remind me of, like, um, Eastsiders. Yes! What is yes! That? Eastsiders is really good, too. It was a, it's on Netflix. Yeah, it's on Netflix now. Yeah. It's but, coincidentally um, starring, one of the stars of it was actually one of the, uh, half of the couple that was the first gay couple to ever kiss on daytime television. He played Luke and As the World Turns. He was the first gay kiss on daytime television. Wait, which with- one is that? Van Hansis, the blonde one. First gay kiss on daytime television. Studied that in class, baby. The other one, the brunette, is the writer-creator of the show. Kate Williamson, yeah. Yeah. Talking about other shows right now. 
<laughs> no, no, no. Like, this is my problem, too. No, but too. yeah, I love, like, yeah, the perpetuating the stereotype that gay men sleep around a lot is is a thing. But they are also, like we said, they're in their 20s. Like, they've been through a fuck ton, but they're also, like, young and still want to experience, like, fun stuff in life. So, and I like the idea of not tying them to explicitly monogamy and being, but, but being communicative with each other. And, like, it's healthy for Ian to have boundaries, too. Well, yeah, because they did have that conversation. Well, like, Nikki had, like, a little throwaway line where he was like, oh, remember that conversation we had? This is what we ended up deciding. It's like, okay, so they did have this conversation. Mm -hmm. But um, we didn't get to see it. But, I mean, like, I I don't really have much beef with the fact that we didn't get to see it. Because at least we got that line where it was like, oh, we talked Mm -hmm. about this, remember? Like, I'm very much here for Mickey. I am only at this function for the free food. For the food and the alcohol and the sex. Good for him. He's like, do you, Ian's like, do you like these guys? He's like, no, I'm busting my nut over this duck, though. When they were at the, like, having dinner. First of all, ooh, pepperoni. <laughs> ooh, pepperoni. <laughs> also, hold on. I would like to point out, did you see on that short cordial board, they, like, put, like, a sausage and an olive together to make it look like a penis? Oh, my God. Yep, and then one of the, one of the guys, like, picks it up, and he's just, like, holding it while talking to him, and it's, like, they, like, put, like... With the meh. With the the (laughs) meh. I do wish that they had gotten to make gay friends that weren't, like, stereotypically annoying gay friends. Like, I wish that they had been able to meet other guys that were just like them. Yeah. It's because they were, like, other uh, gays in the South Side. And it's, like, well, because, and so I I appreciate that when those guys were being, like, oh, my God, I could never live with my family, like, blah, blah, blah. And Ian being, like, they're talking shit about my family. Like, can we leave? Like, I appreciate Mickey not piling on and being, like, well, it does suck living with your family. Like, maybe he actually doesn't yeah, mind like that much. Yeah, free house. <laughs> and Mickey also seems like they're not shitting on your family. They're shitting on the concept yeah. of family. Like, everybody hates their fucking family. But then he was like, well, they're shitting on the south side. And it's like... Anyone you talk to is gonna shit on the south side. They should know this at this point. Yeah, anybody who doesn't live and, in the south side... Yeah, it was sh- like, you... People who live on the south side shit on the south side. But it is it is very much that thing of, like, I can talk shit, but That's you can't. That's true. But I'm also so proud of Mickey when they were like what do you do it like it gave me flashbacks to 408 when they were like what do you do and he had an actual answer stop that's exactly what I thought it's like what do you do we run an armored transport service like (laughs) he was like you ever shoot anybody and he just was like yeah "Yeah." yes (laughs) and somebody point people were pointing out that like when he was like yeah and they all laughed like Mickey didn't look uncomfortable but Ian did look over at him and put his hand on his knee when they started laughing at him like no it's okay baby like it was cute it was very well because it was like they were laughing but he was like uh, I'm dead ass right yeah, now he was like, yeah I do shoot people what are you talking about and nobody's gonna be scared of me keep bringing me rosé or you can find out like give me a penis charcuterie board and we'll find out when he threatened Carl at the end and he was like okay how about if you sell I won't scoop your eyes out with a spoon <laughs> Stop. Yeah. I'm all for Mickey hating all of the cocktails, but, like, chugging the rosé. <laughs> oh, yeah. He, like, he's, like, chugging the margarita, and he's, like, mm and then just dumps a whole bunch of apple. Well, then he went and made himself another one, and it was basically just, like, all Tito's. I think that Shameless has a partnership with Tito's, too, because that was Fiona's. Oh, yeah. oh, that yeah. was Fiona's vodka of choice, too. Oh, yeah, when she's going through her season nine spiral. Yeah, that was because I remember I was like watching her go through the like the liquor store and she had like the cheap handle. Oh, yeah, when she's sampling all of the freaking. <laughs> yeah, she like she like had the really cheap handle, but then she just like picked up the handle of Tito's and it was like, okay, Tito's shameless product placement. <laughs> and now, along with what a man gotta do, 
Rain On Me is on every Gallowitch playlist officially. <laughs> I've listened to that song five times today. I love the detective work before this episode dropped when Shameless just put up that soundless clip in like... Two minutes, the fandom was like, it's rain on me. When Emma posted something, yeah, when Emma posted, when Emma posted, like, a story of them being, like, oh, Noel looking up, like, Lady Gaga lyrics, and it's like, okay, first of all, Mickey can sing. Mickey can sing! Um, Ian cannot. Cameron, (laughs) Ian cannot, and I don't know if that's Cameron doing that shit on purpose, but it's like, he sucked shit. He was dancing, I kind of didn't mind his dancing, though. His dancing was kind of- No, yeah. Mickey could dance, Ian could his not. Dancing no, I didn't was mind like, Ian's dancing. Mickey got his- Mickey doing the gay hands in the They were- dance. No, they were both dancing. They were both dancing. I will stand by that. They were both dancing. Ian literally was a professional stripper. Okay? <laughs> he up. could dance. <laughs> Don't give but, him credit. Okay, I hate- I hate that every Ian dancing scene is, like, kind of- kind of, like- embarrassing but then you have that scene with he does the, the body roll he doesn't need to do the body roll every time he dances well, well with the wedding like at the wedding with oh with God. caleb and he like absolutely serves and it's like that is so embarrassing he doesn't know how to Why publicly dance that? he only knows strip teases oh i also somebody i saw somebody point out that like so ian we have now seen ian put himself in these like high class gay situations many times when he's under the influence of drugs when he's trying to f- just fit in with somebody and so like he can be there and he can fit in but like the entire time he is there with mickey he's like itching and he's like i do not like it here like he can be there but he just fucking doesn't want to be because he's like i can be myself with you and so when i'm with you i Mm -hmm. want to be myself and be comfortable i can't do that because he's because he's literally like so he's like okay like he's conditioned his brain to be like okay when i'm with mickey i am myself i am like being fully like i'm not hiding anything i'm not like pretending but then when the two of them are like put in this situation with other people where they do have to pretend to be other like do have to pretend to be different he's like mm, i kind of don't like this though yeah. it makes me uncomfortable he would rather <laughs> go home with mickey he's, he just wants to go home with his husband and like i was really surprised about how um when the scene when that one guy leans over to Ian he's like so you don't like rimming and he goes oh no that was just Mickey and the guy was like so you do like rimming I was surprised to see Ian get so uncomfortable very fast because I knew their whole thing was like we can fuck people if we want to but then him like getting uncomfortable at that yeah but like Ian already didn't want to be there that's also like very let's let's wink wink on the side Mm -hmm. yeah yeah they weren't like they weren't like together in that like approaching them together it was like that one guy was like hitting on ian and ian was like uh mickey's like up there i don't know if he would be cool with like wanting to fuck these guys too right but it's also like damn like you're just right out of the gate do you like rimming (laughs) uh yeah uh, but like i also like i love i don't know why it was such a small thing but like we take the crumbs them acknowledging that they've been best friends this whole time it's like who's your friend outside of lip who's your friend don't say me you well do you have any friends don't say me you like they are that, friends that was- well and then and then them having that whole conversation of like if we fuck like ian being like okay well if we have sex with them then we're not friends with them it sets a bad precedent and mickey being like we had sex before we came became friends and he's like if you want me to marry one of them in 10 years then let's do that yeah he's like i got him with that one <laughs> i'm so bad the acknowledgement twice that they've been together for 10 years, uh, Caleb and Trevor Eraser, and I love it. I live for it. Yeah. Good. It erases it, but it's also like- In my heart, we've been together for 10 years. We've been together for 10 fucking years, bitch. 
Even when they broke up, they didn't break up. No, they didn't. Well, they knew. They were like, uh, well, it's always you, actually, so. We'll find each other eventually. <laughs> right. And that's what this episode felt like. This episode felt like they remembered what they used to do. They're like, oh, fuck, we used to be good at this. I just, like, I honestly, it's kind of, it's so confusing to me how season 10 was so shitty in terms of, like, like, it wasn't that shitty, but it's, like, it's, like, the absence of Fiona was so felt in season 10, and now it's, like, okay, I notice it, but not that much, and I feel like it's because they tried to replace Fiona with Debbie instead of just giving everybody yeah. more screen time. And then they realized that shifting over to Lip or to Ian and Mickey was actually the more interesting way to go. And so that's where they're leaning more now. Yeah, and it's like it's like not really against Debbie. Well, I do have stuff against Debbie, but it's like not not that. It's more just like because Fiona was such a big part, you can't just like replace her. Instead, they're just giving more screen time to everybody, which is the better solution. Yeah, anyway. and like we've we've all talked about this before, and like this is like no shade to like. Oh Emma, yeah, she's doing two shows simultaneously. No shade to her at all. Yeah, she doesn't know how to get into her, especially with it being the last season and all the informa- all the stories that she's given. I feel like she doesn't know how to get into the scene as much as like Emmy would and stuff like that. So like it's so it's because it's yeah. difficult to watch them give her story like fiona storylines or like fiona like very prominent like issues and for them not to be executed how fiona would but it's just emma's not like 110 percent there so it's a bit more like just her yelling like her she just like yeah it's also just like uh as a character debbie is like a lot more selfish than fiona yeah. and so it's, it's like just kind of angry it's so hard because it was like it's like even when fiona and lip and like frank do bad things they're still likable yeah debbie just isn't yeah debbie just dug herself a hole for the last 11 seasons and i'm like i don't want to hear what you have to say and again that's not saying that emma isn't likable it's debbie isn't like yeah it's just debbie's character is so all over the place i also saw people pointing out that like the way this this season is kind of working out it's like funny episode sad episode funny episode sad episode funny episode sad episode so like maybe next week will knock us on the floor because next week is shinola's episode (gasps) yes with layla that layla's in she's probably oh we didn't talk about the very last scene we didn't talk about the yeah the detectives so snitch debbie being a snitch literally well her being like uh he's inside like be careful he's a sledgehammer but it's like i I don't think they're there to talk about Lip being like, you are a robbery suspect. I think the cops may have uncovered, because they do say that, like, the owners of Born Free, like, are in the mob. I do think the cops, like, uncovered that. And they're probably Mm going to ask him, like, when you worked there, did you notice anything? Like, like, is that why they fired you? Like, I feel like- Because I feel like if they immediately were like, Lip did it, they wouldn't, it wouldn't just be too, like- agents it would be like a police officer coming to arrest him it looked like the, it's gonna be more of like a and i didn't go back and look but that that wasn't layla right that wasn't layla no no it wasn't it was it was just some shorter woman so it'll be some a different set of detectives next week because because one of the cops is layla in the in episode eight i'm so excited so do we know um because obviously we haven't seen a promo is there anything else that we've gotten from behind the scenes that can help us for next week's episode besides layla and it being um, episodes Ian and Mickey spending time with Terry. Oh, yeah. Ian and Mickey spending time with Terry. There's that one promo photo that came out of, like, Mickey covering Terry's mouth. And it's like, I hope he's, like, showing them the wedding video. (laughs) No, 
know, see, everybody's saying that, but they're also not putting it together with the other context of the other shot from that scene of a nurse in the room with them. And it's a black woman. So I fully believe it's it's Mickey covering Terry's mouth because he was about to say something super fucking racist. Oh, yeah. Okay, 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 okay. Everybody shut the fuck up, please. <laughs> <laughs> like we said, everybody, everybody did great in this episode. And again, William H. Macy and Jeremy Allen White fucking hitting it out of the park. Stealing, the, Stealing show. the show. Ian and Mickey were just fun. They were just fun to watch. Yeah. I will say props to Emma for that last scene. Yeah. She oh, did yeah. Well. And Elise. Elise killed it this week. Elise. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. Elise. Yeah. Totally forgot. Um, And who else had like really standout performances? Poor Liam. Christian Isaiah. Christian Isaiah. Amazing. Every oh, week. Oh, yeah. Christian did um, really good. Shanola, you know, when she's talking to Carol, really good. Really good chemistry between her and Christian. Oh, honestly. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, fucking um, Kate. Kate and Jeremy, that scene when they're fighting with each other. Yeah. Amazing. That's like almost Emmy, Emmy Jeremy levels of like contempt in their fight. Like their fight at the Galovich wedding too is a great fucking scene. They, they mm-hmm. fight really well. I mean, yeah, the two of them just have a really nice like natural chemistry with each other. So it's like... It's not the kind of relationship where I can feel the love in the fights, though. Like, it just feels like they kind of hate each other. But nonetheless, like, the, the scenes are incredible But it's like the anger is so real yeah. between them. The anger, yeah. Um. So I guess show stealers this week, Jeremy, William, Elise. Yeah. Honorable mention, Emma, Shinola, and Christian. And I don't mind Nolan Cam being the comic relief this season this episode. I don't mind Mickey and Ian being the comic relief because it's not for the sake of their relationship. It's like them just being fun. Like when they're the comic relief because some stupid bullshit is happening with them, it's annoying. But comic relief just being funny is great. Yeah. Good. It's all around pretty pretty good episode. I'm excited to see what's to come. Me too. Very excited to see what's to come. This episode was really good, and it raised the bar like three inches off the floor for sticking the landing. So now I'm worried. Now I'm worried. So now I'm worried, because I'm like, what if they fuck it up? They had two good episodes in a row. What's happening? What's going on? Like, it's always like 11B is always, like, always the B season is always banger after banger. So it's like, I'm, I kind of have high hopes, because they're really good at the back half of the season. So yeah, that'll be, so for anybody, if, however I cut around this, uh, episode three is going to be up on Tuesday the 9th, and then this will either be up the same day or a couple of days later, and then every Tuesday for the rest of the series is going to be mini-sodes, or this is already an hour long, so probably just hour-long episodes that we're calling mini-sodes. Well, I'm, we we got a little sidetracked. It's because we don't dive in scene by scene like we do in the longer ones, that's why I'm calling them mini-sodes. So we're just going to do this for the rest of the series. Um, I'm going to keep taking my notes for season three so that we can record and drop them whenever we want. But we'll probably hold off until the series is over so we can cry about it for a minute. And then we'll jump back into season three and get into the season three of it all. It's because it's like they really hit their stride in season three. Oh, yeah. Season three, like season three and season four was like, I'm really good TV. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So thanks. 
Thanks everybody for listening. Uh, enjoy this extra long mini-sode. We will be back every Tuesday, hopefully. We're going to have a standing appointment to record when we watch the new episode. And let's wrap up season 11. Let's get this shit done. Let's cry about it. And then let's go back to season three and keep doing it all over again. Let's go. <laughs> Just go through the trauma and the pain one more time. Link to all of our socials and stuff are in the episode description. And uh, remember to rate us, review us. We have a Ko-Fi up that you can give to 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 help us keep this podcast going because SoundCloud is expensive. Do we want to give a shout out to um, one of our Ko-Fi donations? I saw that we did get a donation. We did get a Ko-Fi donation, yeah. Um, but thank you to the people that have supported us on Ko-Fi. Thank you to the people that are following us on Ko-Fi. And if you would like to give whatever you want or whatever you can to our Ko-Fi to help us keep this ep- this show going we dearly appreciate it and we very much uh enjoy the support i know i enjoy the support over on my other podcast uh skip to the gay parts y'all helped me reach my goal for the subscription on soundcloud in less than a day it was fucking crazy so i did find the username um we would like to give a big shout out to space battery on ko-fi for donating uh to us and we appreciate it and it will honestly help our podcast grow every day (laughs) yes Literally, like I said, we are all very much in the middle of a, of a Panda replay of a Panda Express of a, of a Panera Bread. So <laughs> a Plato's closet, you know, every little bit helps and we dearly appreciate it. So, yeah, you can everywhere you can follow us is in our things and we're going to get out of here. And OK, thanks, everybody. Bye. We love you a lot. Bye bye. Bye. Love you. Bye.